today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. I don't see this guy's heart in that way. I mean, because what he did to cut up his wife is brutal. We need to care. Because if we care, that means we love. This means that we would be willing to share the ways of God. Are you willing to share the ways of God? Not with a judgmental heart, not with a religious beating down. It's with the love of God because you love them and you want them to change from their ways. Because there is wickedness that is taking over our societies, our neighborhoods, our families, our neighbors. But are we so caught up in self that we don't look? It's easy to look around at all the wickedness that's present in our world these days. It's easy to even start hating those that are committing these sins. Today, Pastor Eric reminds us that God's Word teaches us to hate the sin and love the sinner. We need to accept and love sinners while challenging them to consider their sin before God. Now, here's Pastor Eric with today's study. This guy, though, uh, this Levite, his concubine, did you guys catch it? She played the harlot against him, meaning that she had an adulterous affair on uh, the Levite. So then after that was done, she departed from the Levite to go stay with her father in Bethlehem. And uh, she was there for uh, a four whole months. The Bible says that. Very specific. Uh, God is specific. He's detailed. Uh, four whole months he was there. Now the Levite, man, he missed her, didn't he? And he rose in verse 3. He arose and went after her. Hey, that's nice of him to go after her and to speak kindly words to her, meaning that he was going to go speak words to her heart. He was going to go try to woo her again to bring her back home. And so he desired this woman. So he goes to be reconciled with his concubine, and he goes to her father's house, and uh, when he pulls up to the house, dad comes out and like, man, I'm really glad to meet you. Let's party now. I'm really happy that you're here. Why don't you come and let's eat and celebrate together? Now, this was not the Levite's intent, you guys. But the son-in-law, which is the Levite, and the father-in-law had common interests. And again, those interests were they liked to party together. Now, the Levite intended to leave after the fourth day. Did you guys catch that? After the third day, on the fourth day, he wanted to go back home early because it was a long travel, okay? So you need to get up early to go somewhere. But dad was like, hey, why don't you just eat, hang out for a while? Okay, I'll sit down and eat. And then if you guys know, when you sit down again, if you're trying to leave, I know this from going to family events, you want to go and you're like, man, I got to go. I want to get the kids home. But then when you start, start sitting again and you start eating, what happens? Oh, the time just goes, you know, real fast. And you're like, man, we said we were leaving four hours ago. And, uh, and we're still here. So I can understand why this took a long time. The, the guy, though, uh, the father, wanted to continue to have that good time with his son-in-law. Uh, finally, the fifth day, uh, again, the Levite was like, we've got to go. We've got to go. But, his dad, uh, but her dad says, hey, why don't you stay? Uh, and it got delayed till afternoon, okay? So that's the start of the story. Now let's continue, and we'll see some hospitality take place in verses 10 through 21. However, the man was not willing to spend the night, that night. So the Levite was like, no, we're gone. We're out of here. We took a delay. We're leaving. Okay. 
we're, we're, we're out. So it says, however, the man was not willing to spend that night. So he arose and departed and came to the opposite, uh, Jebus, that is Jerusalem, with him were the two saddle donkeys. His concubine was also with him. They were near Jebus, and the day was far spent. And the servant said to the master, Come, please, let us turn aside into this city of the Jebusites and lodge in it. But his master said to him, We will not turn aside here into a city of foreigners who are not of the children of Israel. We will go on to Gibeah. Verse 13, So he said to his servant, Come, let us draw near to one of these places and spend the night in Gibeah or in Ramah. Verse 14, And they passed by and went their way, and the sun went down and on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. Speaking of the tribe of Benjamin, you guys. Verse 15, Then or they turned aside there to go in to lodge in Gibeah. And when he went in, he sat down in the open square of the city, for no one would take them into his house to spend the night. Just then an old man came in from his work in the field at evening, who was also from the mountains of Ephraim. He was staying in Gibeah, whereas the men of the places, uh, whereas the men of the ben- place of, were Benjamites. Verse 17, And when he raised his eyes, he saw the traveler in the open square of the city. And the old man said, Where are you going, and where do you come from? So he said to him, the Levite, We are passing from Bethlehem in Judah toward the remote mountains of Ephraim. I am from there. I went to Bethlehem in Judah. Now I'm going to the house of the Lord. But there is no one who will take me into his house. Although we have both straw and fodder for our donkeys, and bread and wine for myself, for your female servant, and for the young man who is your servant. There is no lack of anything. Verse 20, And the old man said, Peace be with you. However, let your needs be my responsibility. Only do not spend the night in the open square. So he brought him into his house and gave, gave fodder to the donkeys, and they washed their feet and ate and drank. So here we see they are on the traveling. They get a late start. How many of you have ever gotten a late start? You're already panicking anyways. You want to get home and you got a late start and you're like, man, I told you we should have got an earlier start, you know? And you're like, you're going. But then you come and your servant then is like saying, hey, why don't we pull off here into Jerusalem? But at that time, Jerusalem was not occupied by the children of the Lord or the children of Israel. And so the Levite then says, there's no way I'm staying here because they're foreigners. We got to go stay with our family. And so they continue to travel and they go to Gibeah and there they're like, this is where the people, this is where we'll stay because the people will take us in. Well, was that the case? No, they go to the town square and they sit there and people are going by them in the town square, but no one is offering to take them home. So the plan backfired in a sense, right? But then there was an old man who came and he he took he took this family into his house. He didn't know them, but he took them into his house and says, You know what? I know you have everything that you need, but I'm going to provide for you. You are my guests. Wow, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? To see that the the uh, the people of his own brothers would reject them and not have compassion on them. But in a sense, that's what can happen within the church family. We can be so con- 
concentrated on ourselves that we forget to take care of one another. And so we're, we're like, we're buzzing around. It's not like that we, we intentionally forget about this person in the town square, but we're just so busy. And I think, you guys, busyness is one of the biggest distractions that our Christian faces here in America. Just the distractions. Everything is a distraction. <laughs> so this old man, and I really, you guys, see him as <laughs> Jesus, a Jesus type. Because he took the time and he saw them in the square and he was moved with compassion. Uh, why do I say he was moved with compassion? It doesn't say that, but why would he take them in? Well, because he wanted them to be safe out of the town square. He wanted them to come in. And then not only did he invite them in, but did you guys catch what he did? He served them. He served them. Now Jesus is a servant, is he not? He came to serve. And so this is a great illustration for church family that I would say is that we need to be looking out for each other. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, there's been times and there's probably many times that I've overlooked because I'm so stinking busy. But God has really just placed it on my heart that we need to slow down and look around because there is opportunities to help each other out all the time. And to be moved with compassion and to love one another. This guy went to the city because he thought his brothers would take care of him. But they didn't. Except for this old man who was from his area, from Ephraim. He took him in. So then comes the wickedness. This is where it gets crazy. Verse 22. And they were enjoying themselves. Suddenly, they were at the house, okay? They were enjoying themselves. Suddenly, certain men of the city, perverted men, surrounded the house and beat on the door. They spoke to the master of the house, the old man saying, bring out the man who came to your house that we may know him carnally. But the man... The master of the house went out to them and said to them, No, my brethren, I beg you, do not act so wickedly. Seeing this man has come into my house, do not commit this outrage. Verse 24, Look, here is my virgin daughter and the man's concubine. Let me bring them out now. Humble them and do with them as you please. But to this man, do not do such a vile thing. But the men would not heed him. So the man took his concubine and brought her out to them. And they knew her and abused her all night until morning. And when the day began to break, they let her go. Then the woman came as the day was dawning and fell down at the door of the man's house where her master was till it was light. Verse 27, when her master arose in the morning, he opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way. There his concubine fallen at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. And he said to her, get up and let us be going. But there was no answer. So the man lifted her onto the donkey and the man got up and went to his place. Verse 29, when he entered his house, he took a knife, laid hold of his concubine and divided her into 12 pieces, limb by limb, and sent her throughout all the territory of Israel. And so it was that all who saw it said, no such deed has been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up from the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it. Confer and speak up. Thank you. So here we see the wickedness. 
So this, God, this old man takes these people in, and they're rejoicing, having a good time. Then the, the perverted men, I'm going to say that because it says it in the word, the perverted men, the sexual immorality came to the door and says, we want the guy because we want to lay with him. Does it remind you of another story that you've heard in the Bible? Sodom, right? With the angels who came to the door and, and, and Lot's house, and Lot put him away. But the men of the city of Sodom came to the door of Lot and said, we want to know them carnally. You know? Wickedness. The same wickedness that took place in Sodom. And do you guys remember what happened to so- Sodom? It was destroyed. And so these men were just going and wanting this man. And so the old man's like, take my virgin daughter, take his concubine. But they said no. And so the man was afraid for his own self, puts his concubine out there, and they take her all night and abuse her. They abused her to the point where she died on the threshold of the door. Wicked. This man, you know, just gave it up. Gave up his concubine, his wife. And this woman was in bad shape so much that she died. But the problem that I have with it is, is why, how could that guy go to bed? How could he go to sleep knowing that that was taking place to his wife? His heart was not right either. And so he, he then finds her and says, get up, we're going. And I can't even imagine her body probably brutally beaten. And he, he, he takes her. He, he then starts to care about the wickedness that's going on within the land. He then starts to care when it happened to him in his house. But how did he react? Did he react out of love or did he react out of anger? Out of anger. So much so that he's like, you know what? This is going on in our nation, within our brothers. I'm going to cut up this woman, and I'm going to send her out to all the tribes to show the wickedness that's taking place. Where was his heart earlier? Being merry and filled with food. He had no concern about the surroundings. And the good, he was just all about the good time, having fun, laughing. But when the wickedness personally hit his house, the, all of a sudden the concern shifted. And now he was focused on the wickedness that was in the land. Guys, I was thinking about this the other day as I was crossing over our border. We are so blessed here in the United States. This is an awesome country. And, and we're so blessed to be here. But with all the blessings from God on this nation, why is our nation churning away from God? Why are we churning to moral corruption and wickedness? Gay marriage is pretty much acceptable in all states. It's even being preached from the pulpit that it's okay. Uh, Abortion is not a big deal. Killing babies is not a big deal. Sexual immorality is running like a wildfire in churches, out of churches, it's going everywhere, destroying everything, constantly promoted. Having adulterous affairs is no big deal. You watch it on TV, and these two couples, this couple is having a problem, and the one goes off and has an affair, and there's no, like, there's no, like, that's wrong. It's, it's just, it's part of life. And the crazy thing is, is that 
we as believers, as the church in general, not just, just this church, but the church in America, in my opinion, doesn't really seem to care. Maybe there are some that care. But in general, are we caring? But I think, you know, and this, again, you guys, is a lot directed to me, but we're so busy focusing on pleasing ourselves and, and, and us as the main goal to please that we've forgotten to please a holy God that we claim to serve. And I believe that many Christians are falling in this category as well, just as this Levite man was. We go through life looking to have a good time. And I'm not saying a good time is not good to have, because the Bible tells us there's a time to laugh, there's a time to dance. You know, God's not a boring God. It's fun to be a Christian, you know. But has our focus been focused, or our focus been on pleasing ourselves that we have forgotten the wickedness that's taking place around us? Because the Bible also tells us that there's a time to weep and a time to mourn. There needs to be a balance, church, that we need to be mourning. And it seems to me as we as a nation, we as a church need to learn, or we need to learn that when the time to laugh and the time to dance, and we lean towards those times, we enjoy those times, and those are great times, but we forget to mourn and we forget to pray. And I'm not saying that everybody's like that, but in general, you know, because if we were all saying it, I think there would be a different outcome. And we, also, we, we often forget until what happens? Tragedy. And then all of a sudden, it's like, we got to come together. we got to pray for this nation. You know? I remember 9-11. Do you guys remember that? What happened to the churches? They blew up because we were praying as a nation. It was like all over the media that people were praying in circles. And it's like, wow, that's awesome. That's how probably God intended it. That's how he did intend it. But then we, we weep and we mourn together. We come together as a family, just like the Levite. You know, he, he started to, to realize there was a problem. But then time goes by, and then we start getting busy again, and we get on our, get up focusing on ourselves and forget about people and forgetting to, to mourn and to pray that God would intervene against this wickedness. I mean, Jesus himself said it's good to weep in the book of Luke 6, verses 20 through 23. He says that they're blessed. Why are they blessed? Because they're not focused on themselves. They're focused on the Lord. Their focus is on the Lord's agenda, not on their own agenda. You're seeking God's. What is God's agenda, guys? It's love. Which brings to me, how do we care then? How do you care then, Pastor? You're saying we need to care. Well, how do you do it? Well, we care out of not, we, we care out of a, not a selfish heart. We care because we have got the love of Jesus Christ in us, and it's no longer us who's living, but it's Christ living in us, and that we want to care because God cares. And He loves all mankind so much that He desires that none should perish. Jesus takes this to a whole new level in, in Luke 6. He says, pray for your enemies. This guy, the Levi, acted out in anger. He cut it up, and he's like, this is what's going on in our nation. Can you believe it? Instead of Jesus going harsh, he's saying, you know what? You need to pray for them. Pray for your enemies. You need to love them, unconditionally love them. If they spit on you, if they slap you, then churn the other cheek. Love them. Do good to them. 
And Jesus tells us in Luke to be merciful to them and tells us not to judge. But that doesn't mean that we, we, we don't accept the sin. That means that we accept the sinner. We don't accept the sin, but we accept the sinner. And he instructs us not to condemn. And he tells us to forgive. I don't see this guy's heart in that way. I mean, because what he did to cut up his wife is brutal. We need to care. Because if we care, that means we love. This means that we would be willing to share the ways of God. Are you willing to share the ways of God? Not with a judgmental heart, not with a religious beating down. It's with the love of God because you love them and you want them to change from their ways. Because there is wickedness that is taking over our societies, our neighborhoods, our families, our neighbors. But are we so caught up in self that we don't look? Forgive me because I've been there. Yes, the world we live in is wicked. But we have the antibiotic to cure the wickedness. Do we not? It's Jesus Christ. It's not religion. It's not the church. It's Jesus Christ who can cure the wickedness in this world. So if you're going out promoting church, that's the wrong angle. If you're promoting religion, that's the wrong angle. You need to be promoting Jesus Christ. And wherever they go to church is fine, as long as they're hearing God's word and growing in it. Do I want them to come here? Oh, yeah. But you know what? We need as a church, again, generally speaking, to promote the cure, which is Jesus Christ. You cannot be cured by coming to church. You can only be cured by the stripes of Jesus Christ. And nobody likes to get stabbed with a needle, do they? If you go to the doctor and you're like, okay, I'm here for my shot, bam, 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 bam. You're like, take it easy, lady. That's the same way that we can go at people with Jesus Christ. We can come to them with the antibiotic and stab them and stab them. Come on, let me find that vein. And you're like, you're bruising me. Stop it. Instead, instead of coming with that harshness, we need to come with the love of Christ and saying, this medicine, I know it, it, it might sound crazy, but it's going to heal you. It's going to heal you. Do you want it? And then it's up to the person to say yes or no. And if they say no, then you're like, ah, oh, please let me try to stab you with it, please. <laughs> and then they run off and you're like, ah, oh, but you know what? It's still good for the rest of the people around. You take it around. Hey, do you want this? And you need it. I needed it. You need it. We all need it. You know what I'm saying? We don't need to wait for disaster to start caring. We can start caring tonight. Start caring for the, start caring for those around us. Give Jesus in love. Give it in compassion. Give Jesus with a concern for mankind. Start caring because the one who indwells you cares. Wickedness should bring tears to our hearts because it brings, I, I know it brings tears to my father. Love should drive you to care. And so I just encourage you guys to love people <laughs> because God loves you and he's in the business of saving lives. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. 
Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Judges. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, we'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at grace to the That's info at grace to the Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at www.gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and like to visit us. We would also like to encourage you to prayerfully consider donating to Grace to the Hearers. We are continuing to expand our outreach. A secure way to give is provided at gracetothehearers.com. Click on the Donate button. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel, Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of Judges. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers. 